And we back, and we back. Welcome to the MFM Podcast, where you're made for more than the world says, made through Christ, has called you to become. I'm glad you're here. And guess what? I'm with my best friend, Spencer Sutterfield. Say I'm what's back. Up. What's yeah, up? Yeah. We are so back. Was that tonight. date number two or date number three that you were on this? I think you were date number three. I think it was our third day, and uh, now I'm back as Jonathan's wife. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, second wife, mm, oh. I guess. Well, know. all and right. We're going to go ahead and hard transition real quick. That brings uh, us to today's topic. <laughs> <laughs> no, so I wanted to bring him on because what we're about to talk about is a pretty great topic, but Spencer works in a church. If you don't recall, episode three, he gave his background what he's doing. He works in a church. And think about in a church, especially in a Christian culture, people feel the need to have it together. Mm. And if they don't have it together, they feel the pressure and need to act like they have it together. And so with the topic we're going to talk about today, I thought that you could bring a lot of great insight and just a lot of wisdom from the Word and from the Lord as I'm going to pose questions to you and give you brief overviews. To be honest, listeners, he doesn't know what I'm about to ask him. This is all going to be off the cuff. But we want it that way because we want the Holy Spirit to move because it's not about what Spencer has to say. and It's not about what I have to say. It's about what, what God's going to say through us. So hope that this blesses you. Hope that you like this podcast. You comment great things and you go and share like, it Like, subscribe. Smash <laughs> that like button, guys. Come on, baby. Yeah. So <laughs> um, to break the ice really quick, though, Spencer, Uh-oh. how long have you been a believer? Um, since I was, I think, seven. Come on, man. That's we'll awesome. say, officially. I love that. Yeah. With that, you know, relationship with Christ, have you ever had those low moments where you're like, why am I doing this? Yeah, for sure. Then in those low moments, like what do you cling to to keep you staying true Mm. to the word of God? Like what is that cornerstone? It's like, this is why I cling. Man, I think just knowing that, honestly, this is kind of cheesy, maybe what you expect me to say. I don't have any expectations. like the afterlife honestly and knowing that like that is a lot longer than this time on earth and in those low moments like one time i had one my senior year where like it seemed like everybody else was having such a better time than me but they weren't worried about following the lord and like i was having a lame time or something Mm. like that (laughs) yeah and uh and i went to my dad you know and like he was able to encourage me a lot and i found a psalm 73 which talks directly to my problem there so i think finding comfort in the word of god like there's always something in there They'll speak to you where you need it in that mm-hmm. time. Uh, and then another person, you know, so. That's true. I love that because, yeah. I mean, as a life as a life as a Christian, like, we're not promised an easy life. Actually, no. we're, we're, we're promised that life's going to be tough. We'll have hardship. Exactly. And so, like, you got to know your foundation. You got to know those truths and cling to it. So when those lies and those struggles come about, you have that solid foundation. Like that old song, when the rains came tumbling down, you know, <laughs> the wise man built his house upon the rock. Well, if you're being wise, what's the rock you're building your house upon? And you got to have that sure, true foundation of the word and having that eternal perspective, mm-hmm. which is so important. I think yeah. it's keeping your eyes on what's to come, not what is. Yeah. So I love that, bro. For sure. Not being Thank so you. nearsighted. Yeah, that's true. Now. So with that though, hmm. you've been a Christian since you were seven. That's a long time. Mm-hmm. And this, this question is going to pivot us into our topic. Do you ever feel the pressure and need? I want, I want vulnerability. Not the Christian church answer because you work at a church. Do you ever feel the pressure and need to be somebody you're not because you want to be seen as the better Christian? Because, hey, man, like you're the Christian who's leading baby Christians and seasoned Christians. That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. Do you ever feel that need to be somebody you're not? I definitely do. Every yeah. day. I think that's a daily battle. It's like I got to choose today whether I'm going to like try to do this on my own. Mm-hmm. or And maybe that's, you know, I think if you're starting out 
young as a young Christian, it's like, okay, I got to try to overcome the sin on my own or not. And maybe you've overcome that sin if you're a seasoned Christian. It's like, okay, I got to try to either do this on my own and appear like I'm doing great, or I can choose to like let Christ's love be sufficient for me. And even though I'm not okay, because when it says Christ works in our weaknesses, that's not an exaggeration. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like some people are like, oh, you know, they use that verse, but it's like, let me play to my strengths and everything I do. Well, it's like, God, man, Jesus really wants to work <laughs> through your weakness. He really wants to so that he gets the glory. Come on. And you being vulnerable and your true self will always have weaknesses and that gives him an opportunity to work through those weaknesses. That's so, so true, bro. That is good. I had a guy one time sit me down. He was like, listen, this verse is not an exaggeration. <laughs> it means what it says. And I've, I was like, wow, I've always treated that like, let me do what I'm good at. Even in ministry, in church, like, let me do what I'm good at. Like, you might be good at talking to strangers. I'm not. Like, let me talk to this person. You know, but like, God really wants to work through your weakness. And so that starts with you being real. You know what I mean, mm, kind so. of becoming humble, yeah. Because at that point, like yeah. in, in your weakness, he is strong. Because then you, when you're weak in that area, and you go and do that, and it was a rock star moment. You're like, man, that's all not God. You. Yeah, like that's all God. And so then it's, he works in our weakness because he gets glorified, yeah. and that's ultimately what we're here on earth is to glorify Christ. Yeah. So I'm gonna go ahead and pivot into this now. I don't want y'all to think I'm this smart, so I'm going to go ahead and preface this. This is from a book called True Faced. If you haven't read it, you should read it. It's by multiple authors. I'm going to read it off. It's by Bill Thrall, Bruce McNo- Mc- wow. McNocal, <laughs> I hope, and John Lynch. One of my current mentors is having me read it, and it's impacted me so much that I want to kind of use some questions this book has posed and a story this book has written out to kind of be the guideline for this episode of the podcast. And so I'm going to read this quick little snippet from it, and we're going to expound upon it, and I'm going to read another part of it. So as we dive into chapter two here, it says, and so the day comes when we are forced to choose. And this is talking to believers. So we're forced to choose. Eventually, we each find ourselves arriving at a pivotal place on our journey with God. We stand before two roads diverging in the woods, and we're forced to make this choice. And whichever choice we make is going to pivot our relationship with Christ. So as we're walking down life road, we arrive to a tall pole with the signs pointing in two different directions. There's not a third. It's one or the other. And going to the left, it simply says pleasing God. And the one to the right says trusting God. Now we can't jump back and forth between the two. We have to pick one path and stick to it. So my question, Spencer, and for my listeners too, as you, you hear that, like at, in, in your walk with God, you come to the point where you have to make a choice. There's two roads, and you cannot jump back and forth between the roads. You've got to pick a road and stick to it. So as a Christian, Spencer, as someone who works in a church, you're standing in front of two options. We're going to explore both, but off the cuff, you come to the point where it's please God or trust God. Which path are you taking? Hmm. Which one am I supposed to take, or which one do I take? Which one do you take? <laughs> I mean, I, I think I would, I don't know. Yeah. I, my gut wants to say trust God. Mm-hmm. Because like I can say. see like, I can see that that would be the right thing. But like I would see more often I would just try to please God. And I see, I don't know if this is where this is going to go, but I see that to where it's either like you do things for God or you do things with God sometimes. So maybe if you're trusting God, you do it with him. Or maybe if you're pleasing God, you did it for him. I don't know if that's where it's going to go, but that was kind of my gut would say like trust because if you trust everything he says, 
you're going to end up pleasing him, I guess. I don't know. Mm, yeah. <laughs> but like, if you just try to please him, that seems more like an effort thing, I guess, to me, or a work thing. Okay. But so, I mean, I could see that going either way, I guess. So that's great. And I, you're on the right yeah. track. I'm going to go ahead and expound on this. So ultimately you're at this point and you, you, you see the path of pleasing God, which is worn down. You can tell mm. a lot of people go that route because as a Christian you hear, yeah, I want to please God. Absolutely. Right. So duh, like God rejoices when I please him. Right. He's happy. And so, yeah, I'm taking, I'm taking pleasing God mm-hmm. as most Christians probably would, because you see that everyone's going on the path. Yeah. You look at trusting God and the path's not as worn. Like you can tell it's been taken, but you're like, as a Christian, you think I want to please God, mm-hmm. especially as a baby Christian. And even as a seasoned Christian, you still think I want to please God. Well, I'm going to read this little snippet and it's, it's, it's interesting. So in the end, I choose the path marked pleasing God. The trusting God path seems a little, well, passive, to be honest. Mm. I want a fully alive experience with God. The pleasing God path seems like the best way there. I think, all right, then my mind's made up. I'm determined to please God, right? As a Christian, like, I'm determined to please God. I so long for him to be happy with me. Like, as a Christian, you, you think that. Like, I want God to be happy with me. I'll discipline myself to achieve this life goal, to please God. I know I can do it, so I'm going to do it this time. I'll please him, and he'll be comforted to see me that the path is well-traveled. In time, I come to a door with a sign that reads, striving to be all God wants me to be. So now I'm going on that path, and I see this door. Striving to be all God wants me to be. Those words reflect the values that flow out of the motive of pleasing God. And they determine how we believe we should act. Since my motive is to de- is a determination to please God, I will value being all God wants me to be. So I open the door by turning the knob of effort. So the door, mm. the knob is marked effort, so I turn that. The motive of pleasing God has now produced the value of striving to be all God wants me to be. As I enter this enormous room, a hostess with a beautiful smile greets me and says to an almost too plight of tone, Welcome to the room of good intentions. Hmm. Ooh, yes. I like the ring to this name, good intentions. I also like being perceived as someone who is well-intended. And I'm like, well, thanks. I think I found my home. How are you doing? The hostess pauses for a moment and then reaches into her purse to pull out a mask bearing a guarded expression and a thin smile. She puts it on and answers, fine. Just fine. And you? And that right there is how many of us act. I'm going to keep going. The entire room gets suddenly quiet, awaiting my answer. Well, um, thanks for asking. I'm kind of struggling with some things right now, some areas that don't seem to be in keeping with who I know I'm supposed to be. I'm not really sure I'm doing, doing well with a lot of, and then the hostess cuts me off as I'm being honest with her. Putting her finger to her lips and handing me a similar mask, I'm not quite sure what to do. I don't really want to put it on, but others in the room are smiling and motioning for me to do it. So I want to be as much as accepted as I can be here. So I slowly put it on. And now everything feels different. I'm quickly overcome with the realization that, that less self-relevation would be a smart game to play here. I realize that no one in the room wants to hear about my struggles, pain, or doubt. If I want to be welcome here, I'd better keep my cards close to my vest and give the appearance of sufficiency. So I slowly and carefully say the words, actually, I'm fine. I'm doing just fine. Thank you. Satisfied, everyone in the room turns back to their conversations. And working in the church, do you see that to be the, that, that, that to be the, that, that, that to be the 
kind of the norm. People are like, yeah, man, I'm fine as a frog hair split three ways. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I got, yeah. This other church thing, it's like, I'm fine. Yeah. What's your take on that as someone who works in a church, as someone who does ministry? And then that right there, that story I told you, like, can that, 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 can that hit home? Is that, yeah. is that honest? It definitely is. I mean, I think uh, when you talk about real ministry, when you talk about good ministry, it's like when you get past that. But like for most people, even that come to a church, it never gets past that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It never gets past. How are you? Like, I'm good. Blessed and highly favored. Like, yeah, that's what I say. come on. Uh-huh. Um, and like, is there a time where you need to probably just say good and move on? Yes. You don't need to, you know, tell everyone you're just bleed all over. You him. don't need to like tell your deepest, dark, hang your dirty laundry up for everybody. But like real change happens whenever you do. But you see, but I'm just having, the, I have a good intentions. I just want to mm. please God. Well, it's, and it's, so, uh, you know, I, I turn that knob, I enter the room with effort. So I'm going to yeah. take effort to please God. Like what's wrong with that though? It's, it's a direction, not intention that determines destination. Mm. Some of my Unpack favorite quotes. That. That's good. So like, and this goes for relationships and everything. It's like your intentions, I mean, they matter somewhat, but it's, uh, it's your direction. It's the steps, the action steps that you take that actually get you to the destination. And with faith, right? Because mm-hmm. without faith, it's impossible to please God. So even if you're going down the path of please God, faith is really, like if you're back at that road, faith is really trust and hope, things that are not seen. Mm. And without that, it's kind of a paradox, but like without that, it's impossible to please God. And so it's it's more like, I think in our culture, we've gotten away from, we don't believe that, like our beliefs, our core beliefs actually matters more just about what you do. Mm-hmm. Because like like in school, for example, like all you need to do is know the right answers. You don't have to believe that they're true. But if yeah. you know the right answers, you are the best student ever. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But if what you believe actually determines who you are and what you do, then trusting God is a place to start, in my opinion. And, and like having faith more than like, let me just try really hard to please God. Because... Mm-hmm. Um, like in that in that room of good intention, yeah. there's a banner in the back of the wall, and this is what it reads. It reads, working on my sin to achieve an intimate relationship with God. Hmm. And I feel like that's the goal is for them to become godly. Yeah. But what's wrong with that, though, is working on my sin to achieve an intimate relationship with God. So when I read that, I envision this. Like, I got this problem in front of me, and I'm sitting here with my dad that has the wisdom and knowledge of how to fix it, but instead, I'm embarrassed that I have this problem. Like, I broke this, son of a gun. So I turn my back to my dad, and I try to fix it, but I'm too young and naive, and mm. I don't understand how the parts go together. Because, But I'm working on it so mm. I, could, I can please my dad. I can go, and I could achieve this this X of fixing my problem. And I feel like it's what a lot of believers do with their sin because number one, we are no match for sin. If we were, Mm. Jesus wouldn't have to have come. But we are a match for sin, but yet we sit here, we turn our backs to God as we work on our sin before we go to God. Mm. Instead of presenting your sin and going to God and then working on the sin together with the one that has the wisdom. But at the same point, but no, because I'm not going to be welcomed or accepted if I'm being honest, Mm. right? Because everyone's got to act like we have it together. And I feel like that's the problem. Mm. And especially with the made for more side of that is, guys, you're made for more. Not lie of like you have to have it. If you are accepted and you are loved as you are in your sin, yeah. and nothing's going to change that because God's grace covered that. And that's why he came. If you were perfect, you wouldn't need God. Yeah. 
And I mean, those are some deep issues there. Because when you start talking about the church and Christians in general, it's like, mm-hmm. man, we we should all have the type of relationship to where I could walk up to you and like, and honestly confess my sin to you. Mm-hmm. But like the American church, our church, like big church, it's just not, it's not that way. Like there's, there's inner circles where it is that way. Yeah. And like, I think that seems to be, I don't know. I don't want to say best case scenario, but for our world, it's like, man, you got to have that circle of people to where you are real with them, to where Cause your intentions are, or else you'll never be honest with yourself. You know exactly. What I mean? so, and in this room of good intention where you put that mask on and like, no, I'm fine. Mm-hmm. That gets lonely. And you become that cynical person that just has nothing good to say because you're, you ultimately are lonely and hurting mm-hmm. because you're by yourself in that room. Yeah. Because you can't be fully loved unless you're fully known. Mm-hmm. There's security in that. So I'm going to go ahead and read this next part of this chapter. And this is going to, he's, he's to skip some parts. He skipped it or he's, he exited the room of good intentions because he found that there is nothing that's life giving here because ultimately that's a, that's a life of where you're trying to present yourself perfect to God. And that's not how you're called to. Cause if you were perfect, you wouldn't need God. And so you're trying to become the God of your life. Hmm. by getting it together yeah. by that effort but it's like man it, that's like dirty rags paul refers yeah. to your works as dirty rags and so that does nothing good for the advancement of yeah. your relationship with christ and so he turns around and so he goes i go back to the fork in the road it still feels wrong to take the road marked trusting god as if i'd be getting away with something i look around for a third road maybe some combination of the two but there's no such luck there are just two roads Still, the road of trusting God sure sounds a lot lot less heroic than the other, a bit vague, and it appears to give me nothing to do other than, <laughs> well, trust God. All I have ever heard in the room of good intentions was that I have to sell out, care more, get on fire, buck up, shape up, and tighten up. This road doesn't seem to give me any of that, but I think, am I only risking a little bit of time and effort? I can always head back to the pleasing God path if this turns out to be a dead end. Besides, the cracks in my mask are getting bigger and bigger. I don't know how long I can keep bluffing. People have got to be catching on to something that's not right with me. I don't know what else I can do. If this road doesn't take me to where I want to go, I'm cooked. I've got no other game plan. I need answers, real answers, and quickly. I'm running out of time. So I begin walking this life path with the motive of trusting God. This road is definitely less worn than the other. I have second thoughts every 50 yards or so, but I cannot bring myself to return to the emptiness of the alternative. So I walk on looking for that second door. Eventually I spot it. And as I approach it, I read the words on the sign above, living out who God says I am. And I tilt my head to the side thinking the phrase might make more sense if I do. Those are certainly some words one right after another, what in the world do they mean? It can't mean what I think it means, though. When do I get to do something here? Where's the part where I get to prove my sincerity? Where are my guidelines? When do I get to give God my best? I shake my head and stoop down and read what the doorknob says. Humility. Suddenly, everything snaps into focus. I've tried so hard. I've supplied all those self-effort the other room demanded, yet received nothing but insecurity and duplicity. I've run out of answers, run out of breath, run out of the ability, and so I cry out, God, if anything is good to come out of this room, this whole deal, you have to do it. I've tried. I can't. I'm tired. Please, God, you'll have to give me the life I'm dreaming of. I can't keep doing this anymore. I'm losing confidence that this is a life that's even possible. Help me. You must make it happen or I'm doomed. 
And with those words, I turn the doorknob. And to kind of skip skip ahead on what the what story's being said, he walks in and the host is like, how are you doing? And he's afraid. He's afraid to say the truth. So he goes, no, I'm doing fine as he kind of stutters through it. And then somebody in the back of the room goes, it's okay. You can be honest here. Hmm. And then he goes on to say, well, I'm falling apart. My family's hurting. I'm hurting. These things have happened. I can't do these. And he's, he's opening up and he's being honest. And the other people are like, yes, and so am I. And they, it becomes a room of vulnerability where everybody's being honest here. It's like, I'm not fine. And it's like, that's where you want to be. Because it's in that moment where God can work. And so it, you, in, in the back of the room, you see the banner. This one reads, standing with God with my sin in front of me, working on it together. Hmm. And I think, wait, this can't be right. How can this be? It sounds presumptuous, careless, imagining God with one arm around me as we view my sin together. Come on, surely they've written it down wrong. I've always been told that my sin is still a barrier between God and me. If it could be true that God actually stands with me in front of my sin, well, that would change everything. If it were true, God has never moved away from me no matter what I've done. Oh my gosh, hmm. I've got to rethink everything. So, but, but that's the reality of so many believers yeah. is we think, but the trust in God, it doesn't prove, it doesn't prove that I love God because I'm not doing something big. I'm not, I'm not showing God all that I could do. Right. But then where does that leave God room to work? It doesn't. Like you said, we are the, we are the God. And I think that is shown in our intentions a lot of times. And I'm a big fan of, uh, Dallas Willard. Yeah, and he's he he wrote something on the back of that book. I saw that's kind of mm. cool. Uh, it looked like it did. Come on, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rest in love. But um, <laughs> he has a book. I think this was in the Divine Conspiracy. It's either that or the Spirit of the Disciplines. And he, there's a chapter called the Gospel of Sin Management. Mm. And the point is that the gospel is not the gospel of sin management, but the gospel of inner transformation. And I think that's what I think it was the door mm. that said living out who God's called me to be. Yeah, because that's more of an accurate description of like what uh happens in a true follower of jesus than like whatever the other door said you know let me work yeah. and do all these things and so it's it's more like and i see that in a lot of people it's like let me just and in myself a lot of times you know it's like let me what are the things that i can do like show me what i can do mm-hmm. to be better or yeah. to get rid of my sin and like man it's more just about and it sounds passive but it's more just about like being that farmer because, I mean, Jesus uses farming illustrations all the time. It's more about being that farmer to provide the right conditions, but, like, the growth is caused by God, and it's a mm. mystery. The farmer doesn't cause the growth. He provides the right conditions. He even gets a seed somewhere else. He gets his tools somewhere else, whatever, provides the right conditions, and then lived out from there. And I think that's what's being what being a Christian is supposed to be like. Yeah. But that's hard. That's so hard. It's hard, especially in America in 21st century where it's like, you know, Go get it, like so corporate like, ladder, put the like effort, and you got yeah, this. Make you the go best do grade. this. It's like you know, you have all these things that you can do, uh, and man, it's just it's human being, not human doing. You know, and it's like existing with God. And I don't want to sound like a hippie, but like you know, those are that's really where it comes from. And I love that door, the living out, uh, and then God looking at your sin, like yes, like it seems wrong, but He's really said, I've blotted out your sin, mm-hmm. and so every day you have the choice of whether you're going to wake up and live from that. Or for that, even though it's already happened. You mm. know what I mean? So, like, are you going to live from that or for that? Because if you live from that, or I'm sorry, if you live for that, you're running on a hamster wheel. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and you're just never going to find that freedom. Yeah, and that's why we end up having to put these masks on because we're tired. 
and we don't want other people to know we're tired. But that's the human condition. You know what I mean? It's like we're all in this together. Let's be honest with somebody. So right now, here's my challenge if you're listening. And listen, this is a hard challenge. Yeah. But James 5, confess your sins to others and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So it's kind of this confess your sins to God so you may be forgiven, confess it to others so you may be healed. And that means taking a mask off. So if you're listening and you have unconfessed sin in your life, mm-hmm. go tell one person everything when you finish this episode. Come on, own the 100% of that 2%. Yeah. And it, cause like when you talk about the healing aspect, like if I, if I broke my elbow, I'm going to have some pain all up my arm and I can't go to a doctor and say, Hey doc, I like my fingers are tingling. Something's wrong with my fingers. Mm. Cause then the doctor is going to focus on those fingers. But in reality, the problem is the elbow. So he's not going to address the issue. If you're not being honest with, the, with where the issue is starting, mm. because you might have a root issue and then it brings up upon fruit where you struggle with one thing. You're trying to, you're, you're focused on cutting down the fruit, but all the while that root is growing deeper. Yeah. It's because you're not confessing the root, that root sin, and you're just confessing the fruit sin. Yeah. You're never going to find that true healing. Right. And so that's 100% being completely yeah. honest. And I but think, it takes that humility. Yeah. So the action of oh, trusting yeah, God humility. to become who I want to be, yeah. I have to humble myself. Yeah. And, and I've, man. Like, I've, I've been watching these shows, uh, and I think I've watched the past couple of shows I've watched recently, and like they are such influenced by the world, but it's so funny of how much like biblical principles have influenced the world, but like mm-hmm. it's, it's without Jesus, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, and it's even like, like uh psychology culture or counseling culture. Like they're, they're involved in this. Like, you know, come talk to a professional and do yeah. this. But like, the thing is that like, that's having a hard time in the church culture and in Christian culture because, and I think you've, like you told me one time, there's not levels of life. You know what I mean? Don't think you can level up. Well, it's like yeah. we've created levels of Christians, especially people that like work for the church. Like they're not the professional Christians. No. Like we're not the professional Christians. Like <laughs> yeah. you no. don't have to come tell us like we're all, we all have the spirit who raised Jesus from the dead. So like, even count, I'm not dishing, dissing counseling, but like you don't need, you don't have to, maybe you need to go talk to a professional, but you don't have to go talk to a professional. But you don't have to go talk to a professional psychologist about all your issues like you maybe start with talking to your closest friend about your family member yeah and open it and find that freedom because man where there's that sin satan's got a foothold to contort you and to Mm. twist you and lie to you but whenever you shine the light on it satan loses his power and then christ's freedom redeems the whole situation but first takes that step of humility to be open and honest because god opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble he's going to give you that strength that grace that is his strength to go forward and tell somebody your struggles tell somebody that ugly the thing that's embarrassing to you because ultimately again it's not your story it's god's so don't be selfish with it and because it just goes to show god's power that hey this is not going to hold me back my past is a platform to share god's glory so i'm going to rejoice i'm going to tell people this Mm -hmm. because then at that moment you can walk out who God's called you to be yeah. and not put that mask on because the world's putting these pressures. Well, you got to be this kind of mom, this kind of dad and do these kind of things. Yeah. You get to take off that mask and you get to be who God's called you to be because you're walking in that freedom from your sin. Right. So we're going to wrap it up with that unless yeah. you have anything else to say. I mean, I would just add the, the only thing is like going forward, just remembering that that's a daily battle. And like, Absolutely. Because I mean, recently, daily. like recently, I had to relearn that for being married. Mm-hmm. It's like, I'm okay with saying I don't have it together. Like, I, you know, I've confessed sin to you all the time or like just... I'm worn out, whatever. But like being married, mm-hmm. like I had to learn that I don't know what in the world I'm doing. And like, mm-hmm. I want people to think. So like I put on a mask. I mean, I might still in a day, you know what I mean? Like, oh, like we have it together and I want you to think that we have it together. Mm-hmm. But like we don't. So whatever, when you enter new seasons, 
like college or like new job or marriage or, you know, even smaller than that. Like you might have to relearn to not wear a mask in a new season. Mm-hmm. Take that off and find the freedom of yeah. life. Yeah. You don't have to, you don't have to be somebody to impress somebody. Right. God's already proud of you. And you don't have to act like you have it together to show God's glory to somebody else who's mm-hmm. not a believer. Cause God does not need you to be glorified. God is glorified because God is God. That's really good. He does not need you to have it together so he can look good. That's really good. So don't feel that pressure. Take it off. Be vulnerable. Yeah. And through that, God will be glorified. And you will be who he's called you to be. Man, I love you guys. And take Spencer's advice. Go leave here. Share with somebody. And then tell somebody. Be honest. And find the freedom that Christ brings by being open and honest with your sin. Mm. I love you guys. And Spencer, thank you for coming back on it, bro, my guy. Of course. I hope y'all enjoyed it. Love being here. Come on. Love you guys. Later, later.